Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Hello, and welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show, where every Monday at 1130, uh, I put my lawyer Lisa hat on, and we try and give information about the law. This is explicitly not specific legal advice to you, but rather an attempt to share what I know so that you can make use of the information. And the telephone number to call in is 203-333-9422 and to write in easily at lisa at lisawexler.com or through our wicc600.com website. Joining us now is Linda. Hello, Linda. Welcome to the show today. Hi. 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 Thank you for having me. Pleasure, Linda. So what's going on? So I had written to you about a situation. Um, I am married to a man who last year was very, very sick and was bedridden. And while I was at work, um, apparently someone whom we hired for land, uh, lawn services befriended my husband. Uh, late this January, I received a letter from a lawyer. And he was representing the landscaper and suggested that my husband had agreed to sell our primary home as well as a second home that we have and that uh, they had an oral agreement and that because my husband had not followed through on this, they were demanding $15,000, $7,500 for each transaction uh, for costs that were incurred in preparation of contracts and title searches. Um, I knew nothing about this. I've never met this person, and I believe they did not know he had a wife. Wow. Uh, I contacted, well, in, initially, of course, we were, you know, shocked, and my husband was very upset because... Um, Is your husband, may I ask you something? No. Is your husband, does he have any cognitive issues, Linda? No, not anymore, but at the time he did. Oh, okay. So, so he really had he was no confused? recollection. Ah, well, okay. he was bedridden. He was heavily medicated and okay. subsequently spent five weeks in the hospital. So wow. okay. it was serious. Okay. Um, and uh, 
So in January, late January, beginning of February, we get this letter, and it demands that if we don't respond within 10 days, they're going to bring a breach of contract action against us. So what did you do? So my initial reaction was, oh, God, we're going to have to get a lawyer. And then, you know, then I had an epiphany, and I was like, you know, this is completely wrong. This is elder abuse. And then I said, well, I have to collect as much information as I can. And the first thing I did was Google the attorney. He's a local real estate attorney. Excellent review. So I knew it was bona fide. Mm-hmm. And um, I contacted him, and I mm-hmm. said, I am the wife of, and um, I am not aware of this agreement, and I would appreciate it if you would forward me any documentation that you have so that I can respond speedily. And this was just by email. Uh-huh. And he responds, we can only speak to your husband. Uh-huh. And I responded, well, <laughs> I am his POA. Yep. And I handle all his financial matters. And what document, what documentation do you need from me so that you can provide me with your documents? Mm-hmm. So he said the POA would be sufficient. And I then sent on the POA. And two weeks went by, and I have, of course, received nothing. And then I responded to him again, asking him, well, how did you send me these documents? Via email or U.S. Postal Service? Nothing. So I have responded to him, you know, at least four occasions. And he dropped it. Oh, he yes. dropped it. Yeah. Yes. He ran away. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let me just tell you some of my impressions of this to give you just some facts about yes. the law. Which you may or may not know, and by the way, lucky for your husband that they have you to deal with, right? Because if there wasn't you or a you, this is how bad things happen to people when they're compromised. And typically they're cognitively compromised, which you're saying your husband was at that time. So uh, unfortunately, in my capacity as a probate judge, I see instances of elder abuse all the time, and I see what people are taken advantage of. Let me just say this about real estate. I want to begin with the law for a moment, Linda. Yes. Uh, real estate, and this is a general statement that I can actually say is true. There is no such thing as a verbal contract to sell real estate. It is one of the hard and fast black and white rules of law. Any, any agreement to sell real estate has to be in writing. It has to be signed by the buyer and the seller to be enforceable. If I promise to sell you my house, you cannot force me to keep that promise if I say I promise to sell you my house. You can only compel me to sell the house if I've signed a contract to sell the house. So that's something called the statute of frauds. Right. It's one of the oldest, oldest, oldest laws in the world, in the country under commonwealth, under common law, pardon me. And it is one of the first things that we learn in law school. Any agreement, any contract for the sale of real estate must be in writing. Which And what flows from that is that since obviously there was nothing in writing, any kind of uh, demand for you to pay damages as a result of the breach of that contract would be completely bogus. Right. Because there is no contract. Right. And that's why I really wanted to address this on the radio because people may not realize lots of verbal contracts are enforceable. If I promise that I'm going to rake your lawn for you 
and I rake the lawn for you and you don't pay me. We didn't have to have that in writing. I did the work. I was supposed to get paid. You agreed to pay me 50 bucks. You didn't pay me. I can get the money from you. I have an enforceable contract. I have an agreement and I have performance and I can get it. Not with real estate. Real estate is the only exception. It has to be in writing. And not only does it have to be in writing, it has to have a price and it has to have a closing date and it has to decide whether or not there's outside financing. If it doesn't have those three elements, it's not even an enforceable contract. Right. So you're 100% right, Linda, on your gut as far as what is this bogus thing. Right. Now, the attorney has obviously gone away because he realized that he was up against somebody who was formidable and who understood her rights. Where do you want to go with this? Well, when I initially wrote to you, I mean, I really feel that I would like to report the lawyer to the Mm -hmm. Grievance Committee in Connecticut or to the Bar Association for Disciplinary Action. I mean, my husband was very, very sick, and he was weak. This, this, I mean, he came to his knees on this. This was Mm -hmm. very, very hurtful and stressful, uh, and and I really feel as if both the the attorney, who is held to a higher state, uh, to a higher to a higher standard Mm -hmm. than most people, he knew. I mean, first of all, to ask... $7,500 $7,500 per transaction, even if we had gone through a closing. I mean, that's an onerous amount for a closing. And what a lawyer should know that generally it is the seller who initiates the contract, not the buyer. So, you know, the whole thing is bogus. And he's complicit in this as far as I'm concerned. And my other question is whether or not I should go to the police and report the landscaper. Because who knows who else he's going to try this with. Okay, so let's deal with the grievance first. Um I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give you legal advice. I am gonna right. give you information. Okay. So, in Connecticut, and I don't know if you've already looked this up, Linda, but there is the statewide grievance committee. It wouldn't be with the bar association. Let no. me just say okay. that. Okay. And the reason it wouldn't be with the bar association is is because you were never this person's client. Correct. Okay. So. Sometimes you can report people to the Bar Association if you already have a relationship with them and you can argue about the fee for them and the Bar Association has arbitration proceedings and they have mediation proceedings. I actually do those for the Bar pro bono where people fight with their lawyers over how much money they were supposed to pay over something. I actually do that pro bono for the Connecticut Bar Association. I'm one of the people that helps with that. But that's not what this is because this person was never your lawyer. Correct. So the grievance... Um, to, in order to um, in order to grieve an attorney, you don't have to have been their client. Right. Okay. So that's a big thing because most of the time you're saying, "Well, where's your privity of contract?" You don't have to have it with a lawyer. You can still grieve a lawyer. If you're grieving a lawyer about the fee that you were supposed to pay the lawyer, that typically goes to one side track. Right. If you're grieving a lawyer, and and it usually gets handled in a different way. If you're grieving a lawyer about this kind of conduct, which doesn't have to do with the fact that he was your lawyer, but rather is demanding payment for something on behalf of a situation, it will go through a process. The Statewide Grievance Committee has 21 people on it, 14 are lawyers, seven of them are not lawyers. They're appointed by the judges of the Superior Court. They look at attorney ethics complaints. And that's what you're talking about here in the Statewide Grievance Committee. You're saying that this lawyer was unethical. You're not seeking money damages, Linda. 
if you go Correct. to the grievance committee. And they're right. Okay. And there are various things that the grievance committee can do in various um, levels of what they think the wrongdoing is. One of them is what they call a presentment to the bar. Another one might be um, a reprimand. Uh, and then stronger than that would be an actual suspension of license. Right. So there's various levels of wrongdoing. And there's a website. It's called jud.ct.gov, right? The state of Connecticut judicial branch. Mm-hmm. It's got too many letters on it. But if you know how to use Google search, and I bet you do, and you just put in the words grievance Connecticut, it comes right, right up. I've tried it. Um, if you're, are, you, are you asking me whether or not you think you have a case to bring in front of the grievance? What, what are you asking me? I, well, I would like to. I mean, if nothing else, just to alarm him as much as he alarmed us. You know, I think it, I believe he, it was a form of extortion. And he was representing this person and they were hoping to glean some money from this demand letter. Well, you can definitely bring your fact pattern. You will be writing a letter. The, the, the subcommittee that hears all of this will definitely get back to you. If they think that there is probable cause, so to speak, to hear this, it will go forward and it will not be dismissed. And you'll have your opportunity to be heard. Excellent. Then I will heard. have some satisfaction in that. And the thing is, if this uh, man is grieved, uh, if this attorney is, and I have no idea, let me just say for the record, I don't know, I didn't ask, I have no idea who the counsel is, and I don't want to know, but if the attorney is grieved, he will right away end up calling his insurance carrier, his, you know, it's, it's not a malpractice action per se, so I'm not sure his insurance carrier will even defend him, he's going to have to hire a lawyer. And he's going to, if he's smart, because nobody represents themselves in these things. Right. And it's going to cost him some money to defend himself. And once this process continues, just so you know, Linda, he has no control over where it goes. Right. So, you know, you definitely would be dinging him. You definitely would be causing him some injury in the sense of expense and worry about his reputation. Well, I would hope that in the future he would um, consider that before he writes another letter like this to someone else. Because what the grievance committee will ask themselves is they'll ask themselves, well, as a lawyer, didn't you know that a contract has to be in writing to be enforceable? Why would you send this letter to somebody? You know the statute of frauds. This is basic law 101. Now, if he presents something that has a forged signature of your husband – or a signature of your husband that looks like a writing signed by both parties, he may have a defense to this grievance action. You understand that, right? I do. I don't believe that that exists. Okay. Okay. And what about the landscaper? Did the landscaper just disappear also? Well, we certainly are no longer using his services. Um, He did call at one point and threatened. Um, And we have another neighbor threatened my husband saying that he was, you know, that, that he wanted this money. Um, and then my husband said, if you call again, I, I'm going to contact the police. Did your husband say that none of this conversation ever happened, or does he just not remember what happened? He has no recollection. He, he, he can't even imagine that he ever would have had this conversation. Yeah. Selling the house. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah. I just feel they saw an opportunity and, um, yeah. Now, is your husband over the age of 60? Yes. Okay. So... 
have you heard about the Connecticut's Department of Elderly Protective Services? Do you know about it? I, I read about it, but I didn't know nothing about it. Okay, I'm going to give that. you a little bit on it, Linda, okay? okay? So, and we have a wonderful one uh, in our area. They call them catchment areas, which is a weird word, but that's what they call them. What town are you from? Uh, Southport, Fairfield. So, oh, okay, so it may be Martha Markelly, maybe in your area. She's absolutely marvelous. Um, so what it is, is um, the state of Connecticut, as part of DSS, Department of Social Services, has a protective services for the elderly program. And I'll give you the telephone number. It's very okay. simple. It's 888-385-4225. And if you believe or suspect that an elderly person is a victim of abuse or neglect, exploitation or abandonment, you can call this line. Um, and this would be exploitation, right? Right. So you would, you would call and you would make the report and they would do an independent, quiet, confidential investigation. If they think that there is cause to do something about it, they will call the police. Right. And they have. Right. Now on a fact pattern like this, because there isn't really any imminent danger to your husband, I'm not sure whether or not they would call the police. They call the police all the time if they see elderly abandonment, elderly abuse and neglect, right? Yes. This is, this is a, a, an attempted financial exploitation that didn't work out. I'm not sure the police will be interested. They'll be very happy that you protected your husband. But no money transpired, right? It was an attempt. Correct. It was an Correct. attempt, it was but an it attempt. didn't actually happen. Correct. So I don't know if the police will be interested. You can always make a call and find out. They have a lot of other things on their plate. They may not be interested. But if you call the Department of Social Services elderly program, yeah. they'll do an investigation, and they'll find out if there's a history of this individual or individuals doing this to other people. And if they see a pattern, they will go after them. Okay. And they're very good. Excellent. I mean, they're really good. I work well, with them every day. I so appreciate your knowledge. So does this help show. a little bit? Does it oh, help a little bit? Oh, very much so. Okay, good. Linda. Very much so. I'm glad that your husband has you. I'm glad he's on the mend. He got better? Yes, he has. He's much better. Much right. better. I'm so happy for both of you. Yes. All right, Linda, you keep fighting the good fight. Good for you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. We're talking Lisa on the law. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome back. We're doing some Lisa on the Law today. 
Once again, my caveat to you is that I am not here to give you legal advice. I am here to share the information that I can possibly share about the law. 203-333-9422 is our number here. If you'd like to be part of our Lisa on the Law segment, please send me an email at lisa at lisawexler.com or at lisa at wicc600.com. And I promise we will respond to you. And if it's a question we can answer on the air, we'll be happy to do so. Uh, Justin, who do we have holding? Bill from Milford. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the show today. Hi. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I've got a question. It's about conservatorship. I have a son who's approaching 30. He lives with his mom. But that is kind of running its course. Uh, when he has no conservatorship right now, although he's right on the fence between um, being able to take care of himself, but I, I would like to know what when they, if I were to apply for it, what would they actually test for? His ability to do what? Okay. Uh, do you not live with the mother? No, the mother and I are divorced. Um, okay. And when you say, if I were to apply for it, are you the logical person that wants no. to be the conservator, or would you apply for the court to appoint an independent person or the mother? It, it, it would be either my, her, his mother or I. We would be the logical people. Okay. He's so, lived with her for the longest time, but that's kind of running its course. Okay. So let me, let me, I have to ask you a few questions about sure. this. And again, this is just for information, right? Got okay. it. So <clears throat> when you say he's a little borderline, does he have a recognized intellectual disability of some kind? What's going yes. on? Okay. He's on the autism spectrum is, and his intellect is right at the deficient level. Okay. It does he have an IQ under 69? Do you know? No. No, no, 70. Okay, okay. Oh, it's right at 70. I see. And so there are things that he can manage to do for himself, and there are many things that you feel like he can't make a decision on his own. Is that Correct. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So conservatorship is, is uh, one of two things. It can be voluntary or involuntary. Com- somebody coming in with an IQ of 70, more likely involuntary, usually. And so this is what it is. Uh, the law says that you need to come in with a... You need to come in with a form. It's called the PC-370. And the form is a report that is filed by the treating doctor to your son in, in which the meeting with the doctor is within 45 days of the actual hearing. And the doctor has to fill out this report in which it asks questions do you think as a result of this condition, this person is capable of making decisions on his own? Do you think this person is capable of deciding what medicines he should take? Do you think this person is capable of deciding where he should live? Do you think this person is capable of handling his financial affairs? And it basically assumes that as a jumping off point, the doctor has already rendered an opinion about whether or not this person should have a conservator. And at the end, it asks the doctor's opinion as to whether or not the doctor believes a conservator is in order. So it's not like there's an outside physician. It's your doctor. Okay. Okay? And so you come in with that. Again, it has to be fresh. It can't be from five years ago. It has to be from within the 45 days prior to the hearing. You come in with the, with the petition. This is all on ctprobate.gov. Okay. ctprobate.gov, and you'll see it under the the forms of the conservatorship. And then you have to decide if you want to go for conservator of the person or conservator of the estate or both. Does your son qualify and get disability? 
that's been an issue between us. My his mom is is very much against that. Very much against he, him applying for it. Yes, he she probably would get it. Okay. Does he work? Yes, he does. Okay. And all right. Well, um, <clears throat> what does he do? He's a dishwasher. Okay. Great. All right. So, um, in any event, I'm not sure he would get it or not, but the conservatorship of the estate would basically take over the management of what he is receiving, whether it's earned or getting benefits. Mm-hmm. And uh, the conservatorship comes with a whole bunch of standards, Bill, and every year there are reporting requirements. Uh, one, once a year you've got to file a report. You've got to tell the court how he's doing. Um, there's a lot of oversight, but the oversight is supposed to be managed with giving him as much independence as he can possibly exercise. It's supposed to be as light a touch as you can possibly have. But, you know, the good thing about a conservatorship for someone like your son is um, he may not be able to fill out applications to get certain programs. I don't mean necessarily entitlement programs, but just programs in the world. No, he Um, couldn't. Right? He couldn't. Okay. And so... Right now, people are recognizing that you and your wife can do this for him, but at some point, someone may want more authority, and a conservatorship would be the way to go. Okay, that's that's um, unfortunately, I this still probably a lot of denial on his part. And that's well, that's be, why it's involuntary, right? Voluntary, right? But that, that that spoils the the relationship to a degree. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, and he feels like he can manage everything right now? Well, he, because everything's pretty much handed to him. Because everything's handed to him. You know, it's the kind of thing, Bill, where if you don't have to do it right now, maybe you ought to not do it until a situation presents itself which is real and compelling. I mean, does he, is he ever hospitalized? Does he have schizophrenia or any kind of other kind of thing where he needs to go to the hospital once in a while? He, he has insurance. No, I don't mean that. I mean in terms of access to his medical records. No, he's pretty, pretty healthy. Okay. Because sometimes with people, you know, depending on their various stages of health, they want the conservatorship so that the doctors will talk to the parents. Otherwise, the doctors will say, hippa whippa, and we can't tell you anything. That's one of the primary reasons why parents of kids with autism get conservatorships. Because they're afraid if something happens, they get into an accident, whatever, nobody will talk to them. Um, we did have that once in the long past. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be a situation where you might explain to him that that's the reason why you want it. Mm, okay. Because otherwise you're left out of it. No, that we've, we've experienced that. Yeah, and that's really tough. So um, do you need me to give you any more specific information? No, no, and you've really solidified some of the stuff I've done already. Okay, yeah. So again, it's your doctor. It's not an outside doctor, and it's got to be a fresh examination within 45 days. You hand in your medical report, and you hand in the petition, and then the court will set a hearing typically two to three weeks later, and the court will want him to be in the courtroom because it's very important that he's there. If it's an involuntary petition bill, the court will also appoint an independent attorney who will advocate yes. on his behalf. And that's a very important piece as well. Well, that's fine. I just and want to should, do this and right. You should, and depending on how much he earns, he may qualify for a fee waiver. So you mm-hmm. want to apply for a fee waiver, in which case he won't be charged for his attorney's fees or any kind of other fees. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Bill, and good luck. 
Okay. Good luck. Thank you. All right. So listen, if we have any, we had a bunch of other people call for Lisa on the law, but I'd like to be able to give you time to answer these questions. So we'll take them next week. Um, I'm so glad that you've been with us today. We have, of course, Eric Erickson is up from two to, uh, 12 to 2, and then from 2 to 6 is Paul Paselli with Connecticut Today. Uh, our telephone number, if you want to fit in one more call, we probably could do that, but just to say hello, is 203-333-9422. All right, let me see if I can give you some headlines before we go, some news you may have missed. Carl, hi, Carl. Okay, you didn't have a Lisa on the law question. Go ahead, Carl. Uh, You've got about a minute. I one thing in. Uh, I, I live in Shelton, and our streets are 27 feet wide. I measured it. Okay. Okay? And I walk the streets a lot, Cold Spring Circle. And uh, so I sympathize with that poor woman that got hit by the car. And uh, I don't know how wide these streets are in these other towns are, but Shelton has very, very wide streets, you know, like in the uh, where the houses are, and the houses are far apart. But even when I walk every day, a couple of miles a day, I'm always listening for noises. I don't have, wear earphones. Tell people if they walk, just to walk and, and keep their ears open, because uh, I'm very safety conscious. I tell people that are pushing little babies in carriages, stay near the curb. There's no sidewalks here. And uh, it's a dangerous situation. You have to really be careful. You're, you were right about what you said, you know. Yeah, you got to walk defensively. It's funny you should say that, but there's a, there's a father who always walks his stroller on Saturday morning on Newtown Turnpike, which is a busy road with no sidewalks. Right. And, and it's, but it, it's busy, but it's semi-rural where he walks it. And I'm right. always so nervous. I'm just so nervous all the time. He has a double-wide stroller. He has, it's not even a single stroller. Wow. And it, yeah, and it, it makes me nervous. Yeah, I, tell the, I see a couple of women here that married, uh, married that walk their little little infants a year old or so gotta be careful be careful about cars because you know uh even though the streets are wide uh you never know who's going to come zooming down maybe an out-of-towner you're right somebody looking for a house and they're not realizing you're right we're going to be back tomorrow with more of the lisa wexler show stay tuned keep wicc 600 on your dial we'll be back tomorrow even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.